Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studio in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to High School Hoops with your hosts, Steve Collins and Jake Steger. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome um, to our to our high school hoops podcast today. Um, I'm going to jump in. This is our third anniversary. Jake was not available today. So this is our third anniversary. We started this on November 2nd. Today is the third, but we started in this on November 2nd, 2018. Um, so I thought on the anniversary of this, there's gonna, uh, I, I thought I could do a couple of things. First of all, I'm going to put a special little discount down below for you. Um, if you're listening to this uh, for high school hoops members, but also I am going to pick um, three different uh, podcasts that we did early on, one about tryouts, one about picking a team, and one about our first practice. And just kind of give you a, a little, if you haven't gone back three years to some of those podcasts, um, just some of the highlights and some of the things that Jake and I talked about in those uh, in that in the first week of the podcast kind of being launched on on November 2nd, 2018. So enjoy. And then uh, next week, we'll be back to our regular schedule. Our high school hoops edition. So this is what happens when summer comes around and I have a lot of time on the hand and hands and I'm walking the dog. So here's how this all came about is I was walking my dog um, around Stricker's Pond, which is a pond but close to my house. And I'm going, God, you know, there's nothing on, you know, Coach Unplugged talks about a lot of different things. You know, I interview coaches. I talk about stuff that's jumping in my head. Um, I'm doing all that kind of stuff. There's no one, there's nothing really talking just to the high school basketball coach. So as I'm walking my dog, I, I email or I text, I don't remember which one I did, Jake. And I said, hey, we should do, you and I should do just a podcast talking about high school hoops. Let's, let, let's do this. I'm going on vacation. Um, your homework is to come up with some ideas. And then when we get back, we'll do it. And um, that's how this all came about. So, Jake, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. And then I'm going to tell everybody that I'm never going to introduce Jake again. We're just going to, boom, do the every Friday. These are going to go up. So this is going to be his introduction for, for, the next, for, the, for the next year or something. So go ahead, Jake. Introduce yourself. Tell people a little bit about your basketball journey. And then yep, we'll I've done that before, point. but we can do that again a little yeah, bit. Let's do that um, real quick. Give, give the cliff note spark version. Yes. All right. So yeah. um, my name is Jake Steger. Um, I currently live in West Bend. Uh, I've been coaching for a lot of years. Um, uh, my basketball journey started uh, at the high school level. We'll start with just where we started with high school. I was teaching at a Milwaukee private school um, called Milwaukee Early View of Academy of Excellence. And I was their varsity basketball coach there for a year. And that kind of built my resume. And I jumped on board to uh, Mayville High School, where I taught middle school. And I was there for five years as the varsity basketball coach. And I was barely almost not even uh, 25, 26 years old with not a lot of the experience and so forth and I think my journey really in our, this podcast will help other coaches in regards to that whole experience so I look forward to touch on that um, after my five years I got an opportunity to coach at a junior college called UW Washington County um, it's a junior college in the state of Wisconsin um, and I was the, the lead assistant coach this year and I learned so much under head coach Steve Murphy great friend of mine and we uh, did something really special this year we won a conference title which has not happened since, ni- since 1978 
And then we won our first state championship ever in school history. Um, after that, uh, it just made a lot of sense uh, for us to kind of leave the university on top. And uh, I kind of miss high school basketball. And a good friend of mine named Nick Miller, he's the head of RC basketball coach at Cedarburg High School now. And um, now I am going to be his lead varsity assistant. Um, and as Coach always talks about on podcasts, it's about finding the right fit. I think right now in my life, being a varsity assistant is perfect for me. I have two younger children. Uh, my son is seven months and my daughter's five years old. Um, and I'm just not ready to be a head coach again for a while. I know that that's going to be in my forte as we move up. I'm constantly building my resume, constantly doing things, great things. And uh, working with uh, Coach Miller at Cedarburg will be a great opportunity to be in a great conference, playing some really good teams this year. And, uh, you know, again, I'm looking for that ideal job in the near future, but not for a while. Is Coach Murphy I just enjoy coaching? Coach Murphy also retired. We decided to leave it on top. Okay. And he retired from teaching, but now he's back at uh, – he took a teaching job up in Oshkosh North, and he's taking care of his father and his mother. They're oh. getting older. And we kind of sure. talked about this idea of, you know what, let's leave it on top. It was a great memory. It was a great year and uh, a new adventure. And I, I just really love high school basketball. College is great, but there's something special and about high school basketball that I can't get away from. And I don't I – don't, you know, again, it's always about rejuvenating yourself and finding that, that, that right fit. And I'm just excited to be part of Cedar Brick basketball. We've had a lot of success over the years with Diener, and we just we look forward to continue that with our, with our own brand, as we'll talk about later, um, uh, the importance of that as we uh, move forward this season. So, Okay. All right. Perfect. That was Cliff Note version. That was awesome. Uh, Great. Yep. So go ahead. Let's do, let's do the question for the – what's the question for this week? Or the, or right, the topic? The I think the uh, one thing that we could start off really early as high school coaches is examining, number one, what type of players that you'll have for the upcoming season. Um, how do we evaluate that with tools and how do you do that um, in regards to whether you use tools, do you have meetings, how do you evaluate your players, and then using your finances to make, to make decisions for your season. So basically, you know, how do you brainstorm in regards to your upcoming season with what type of players you're going to have? So, so let me delve into this a little bit more. What, what, what do you mean by type of player? What, let, let's delve. Well, like, you know, what I mean by type of player, like uh, strength and weaknesses, you're evaluating what you have. So uh, a couple of years, uh, a couple of years ago, I had no point guard. I had to evaluate what I, what I up a freshman or a sophomore to take the point guard position. What is my team going to look like? Uh, I don't think in October, November, we make those decisions in regards to what our team look like. We're already making those choices. We're already starting making those decisions already in March after the season's over. Right. What is our team going to look like? So basically you're looking at, all right, what are my strengths and weaknesses with my players? Um, how do you evaluate that? How do you go about with your staff? Um, you know, and we can touch base on yep. this a little yep. bit more, but the idea is. Yep. So here's what, here's my thought. I'm just going to bring, I'm going to interrupt for a second and brainstorm a little yep. bit. Um, so I think most of the coaches that are listening, even though even the youth coaches are listening, you've probably seen your players develop from March until September when this is going up. Um, so we all have kind of an idea of player X, what kind of player they are, player Y, what kind of player they are. So what I think what a, a, good, a good thing for most coaches would be to take out a notebook, write down the players that you think are going to try out, players or you think are going to be on your youth team or your AU team, whatever it is, and then I think it's right. I think you should draw a line down the middle and go strengths and weaknesses because like I, this will lead into something we're going to talk later in the month about picking an offense. <laughs> Cause if you, yeah. if you have, if you go down that list and, and strength is shooting, 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 I'm waving my son. Bye bud. Um, and uh, the, if every one of them is, is shooting, then you're going to have to come up with an offense. that's going to be a shooting offense kind of thing. So, uh, you know, or if you're, you're all five, seven, you're, you know, you're probably not going to run the triangle offense kind of thing. So I think that's I think that's a, a, a task that anybody can do with a piece of paper in 35 seconds. Right. Um, what What are you thinking about in terms of tools? I know well, some of the tools I, I, I created a grid and I, I think that um, and as the game has evolved, it might be even different for how people decide it. I decided when I when I was coaching high school basketball, um, I gridded and I ranked my roster by position one through five throughout okay. the entire high school program. Um, however, I often think, though, depending on your offense and what you do with those players depends on how your roster looks like. Right. Um, and the game has now evolved where the five best basketball players are on the floor instead of a one through five. I think you yep. can limit it yourself. So that's maybe an air in the tool. Yep. So I think that the key is to just rank 
your positions. I mean, maybe be ranked the players where you see fit, but also the idea of what are your, I have down in my notes too, is you evaluate the strength and weaknesses of the player to build some common strengths. Okay. And, and also think about how our team's going to beat you. All right. Or how are, all right. If I don't really have a true point guard this year, how am I going to fix that? Right. Or if right. I'm not going to be able to rebound this year, how am I going to be able to fix that? Yep. Yep. So a lot yep. of times as you look at the players and you start to make holistic decisions or identities about your team holistically, yep. um, because you really can't build your whole team around one guy. Right. Um, you could do some things around that one guy, but overall you're going to have an identity of some of the things you're really good at and some of the things that teams are going to expose. Right. Like if you can't handle pressure or you don't have a point guard, teams are going to press you. Or um, right. if you can't shoot for a lick, teams are going to zone you. So right. what, what do you do in regards to that? So what type of players do you have? Also, type of players also means something completely different too. You know, this idea of are they coachable? Do they work hard? I think right. that also builds a direction of what you want to do with your players early on in the season, whether it's team building, all those type of things is just not looking at their talents, but their ability to um, grasp the game mentally, um, their character, how they are as leaders. Uh, as, as you know, you talk about all these ideas of building relationships, you know, it's more than X's and O's. Right. And it's, I, so a couple of things you, you, you I, I, I don't like, I agree. I think one of the flaws in that system would be the one through five. I think you definitely have to have somebody that has to handle the ball. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure that's necessarily always your one, but somebody better be able to be, bring the ball from point A to point B. So I think that's something that would definitely need to be in the tool. Um, and then maybe somebody that's a rebounder or big. But other than that, you know, I, I'll put up, I'll put up four number four two guards. I don't care. I mean, somebody's the only to- thing I would on a touchback on that Steve is I'm a huge advocate of having somebody that got a guy that can really defend and shut down a player. Um, yeah, you know, I yeah, think if you, yeah. if you can find a, a guy like that, yep. he might not be your best basketball player, but if he can defend somebody and shut down because a lot of teams in, in, in our conference this year has one really good guy. Right. And if you can have somebody that can shut him down, yeah. I think it's important to have a guy like that on your team. I've had, you know? I, I, I think about the last 10 years, I've had two of them. They're both playing in the NFL now. Jerese right. Fountain and Jester, and Jester Wea, they both could defend. They were good basketball players, but they weren't like, yes. So I think that's a, that would be the X factor one kind of think yes this yep. kid can defend. something to think about and and it's also when you're when you're when you're planning this like you have to plan that's why I think it's good to start doing this in September it's like okay because you have to start thinking about what can we do offensively what can we do defensively you should have some data from the summer that right. we didn't do that really well because I know most of the time we think one thing going into the summer and then by this time. We've already—I tell you—our our programs already adjusted a couple things. We thought yeah. that we were pretty good at in the summer. That we thought we were going to be good at going into the summer. Summer happened. We play. Ooh, well, we can't do that. So now we're tweaking. You know, a couple. I'm not going to say what we're doing, but we're tweaking a couple things. That ooh, we can't do that. We're going to have to do this. So I think that's really important. I think um, the uh, the the holistic thing is really important about thinking about. Um, that's, and this is what I always think about. I think high school basketball is a lot about matchups and a lot about what you can do to me. So I have to be able to adjust. Like, like I know there's teams in our league. This team can beat me only this way. This team can only beat me this way. You know, what, what's, what's, I always look for our weaknesses to be honest with you. I know we can do well. (laughs) I want to figure out how we encounter what you're going to do to us because you're seeing our weaknesses and then you're going to try to exploit it as a, as an opposing coach. Um, so that's a big thing for me in September. It's like, Ooh, we can't bring the ball from a to B. We better work on ball handling or we better work on our press break as coaches to figure out how we can get the ball over half court or shoot. We didn't shoot the ball very well this summer. We better spend some time trying to get some open gym so they can get in and get the, get some ball, get some shots up on the, on the rim. So I don't know. I, and I also think how they handle certain situations, you know, um, from the year before, maybe you couldn't close out games. Uh, maybe you, um, you could beat the teams real easily, but you talk about this concept of grinding. Can yep. your team grind? You know, yep. are those things, are, do you have those type of players coming in? Are those things you're going to have to work on? So right. I think overall with this question is you got to look at your players, but also start to just develop that identity 
uh, amongst your team, whether it's your your um, your, your varsity, your JV. You kind of have an idea what kind of kids you're going to have. Right. And you can start to be making those decisions with the other coaches within yourself and, and, and taking notes and starting to make decisions already. I mean, I, when, in years past when I coached high school, I used summer as a place to start with that, you know. Um, yep. But I think in, in, in fall is reflection time because you might have this great idea. Man, I, I wanted to do dribble drive one year and man, it was awful. Did not work well for my kids in the summer, you know, right. and then I changed it. You know, right. you try things. Yep. And if it's not working, this is the time to make some changes. Yep. And, I, and, and I'm going to be devil's advocate here for a second because I know I've, I've been guilty of this in some of my that, – that you don't want to typecast a kid either, though. Like sometimes right. they think we go, this kid can't shoot. He's not a not shooter. You know, so I think you got to fight that a little bit. Um, and, and part of it is you gotta, you gotta be an observer and see if they've been working on those things and blah, blah, blah. Um, right. it's really knowing about the kid, you know, if you yeah. know that kid, then yes. that goes back to that whole character piece that we talked about. Yes. yes. You know, if you know that this guy's a mediocre shooter, but he'll, he'll work your tail off for him. Cause you got a great relationship with him. Then we could build on his shooting or we could build on that. But right. if this guy can only do one thing and he's not coachable. Maybe he doesn't fit into your system. Yes, I think that's the big part. I think when you have that, you gotta you gotta question yourself on the typecasting thing, but then you also have to look at the full package. And this kid hasn't understood his role since seventh grade. Well, it's not gonna probably change in a year, kind of thing, you know. Um, so I think those are the things that you have to ask yourself, and that's where your staff and all those things can come into play. All right, anything else on that? That that was really good. I think we uh, touched on everything we really needed to to begin with as we move into our next topic next week in regards to high school hoops. I think that will really help out um, people, um, part of yep. Coach Unplugged. And, so. and what I'm going to say, too, as we as we finish here, I'm going to say put down in the comments, send me an email at steve at teachhoops.com if you have any questions or you want any topics that you want us to talk about, let us know. Yep. Um, and we'll, we'll definitely put it on the next podcast. All right. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Hi, Coach. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, make sure you go over, uh, subscribe, and like. Please, we would really, truly appreciate um, if you could take 30 seconds, go over, check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial. I can't imagine a better time. We're all kind of back into that fall mode about thinking about your team. Um, we're redoing the site, so if you're thinking of getting in, now is the time to do that. So have a great weekend, and uh, we will see you again on Monday. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you are listening to High School Hoops with our hosts, Steve Collins and Jake Steger. If you're talking about High School Hoops, it's episode five today. But anyway, <laughs> we just try to keep track of the different things that we got going on here at Coach Unplugged. But anyway, um, before we get started on this, I just want to make sure I give a, a shout out to our sponsors at Dr. Dish. Um, you know, if you're thinking about getting extra help, if you're thinking about making your team better shooters, if you're thinking about any sort of resource that you can use, this is the number one. I'm telling you, it is a great thing. We've owned a Dr. Dish. We had an old one. We just bought a new one. It's a great machine. Um, you will not be disappointed. Um, and because they are our sponsors, if you mention Coach Unplugged, you'll get a $300 discount off your next one. You know, they have financing. They have ways to work with you. Just contact them. Tell them that you, they heard about heard about them on, on, on our podcast, and they will take really good care of you. I trust you. Uh, I trust that they will do that. So here we go. Jake and I are going to talk about tryouts today. So this will be a fun one. Um, and make sure you subscribe and like. If you're liking these high school hoops, let us know. If you have any specific topics, we, we would sure love to hear. All right, episode five, take number two of this one. <laughs> I don't know, something was happening with the recording, so it is what it is. Uh, right. is not live, but, you know, I'm not. I'm tech, but I'm not that tech. So, um, all right, so episode five of High School Hoops, what do we got for this one? Um, it's everybody's favorite time of the year. We're getting ready for everything to get going. You know, it's gonna, the early part of the season is arising, and so we're going to address a big topic that is probably the most important thing you got to do right away is determining how you're going to do your trial and determining your roster for the year um and it's a it's a it can be very difficult uh, i think you know the more and the more i look at it and evaluate it i think it looks very different from uh coaching at different size of high schools i think it's different for uh programs where you are in your program 
I, I think it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. So the topic can't be just, you know, what a big D1 program is, like where you coach, Steve, compared to where I've coached, where I only had 400 students in the whole high school. looks a lot different. And, right. Uh, yeah, I was, talking, I was talking to a coach at a clinic this – a couple coaches at a clinic this weekend, and they were talking about their schools, and I'm talking about how I do my cuts and all this, and they're looking at me like, we're just trying to find bodies, you know. It's right. Like, so um, I think I think you're right. I think the size of the school in which you're picking the team is super important because um, if you're if you're not cutting, then you know I'm not even sure it's tryouts. It's like, do you want to play? <laughs> um, right. You know, but if if you know, but then it's basically how how you set that up is going to be different than for me for the first couple of days where I'm trying to differentiate kids and figure out who can make the team and who can help us and who can't. Um, and you were at like kind of a middle school, like not middle size school. Right. Um, so how did, how is it different for you? Cause I mean, I'm, I'm going to cut, I'll cut 15, 20 kids easy every year. Oh, I, I never have ever had to cut a child when I was coaching high school basketball. It was really about, you know, the group coming in those those years, you know, especially trying to re- rebuild the program. You're lucky just to have numbers. Right. Um, uh, like sometimes in our, on the girls' side, you know, we had years where they only had two teams. Um, we've always been lucky enough to have three teams, but some years you're trying to survive to even have three squads, you know. Right. Kids, kids become uneligible. Uh, kids get hurt. Uh, kids quit because they're not happy because they're not getting their minutes. You know, it's it's a very it's a very it's a very difficult task for those people trying to rebuild a program out there. Um, right. it, it takes time. It is. It's. It's. There's. There's no perfect. Uh, uh, a one size fits all. You know, and uh, it, it's really it's really hard when you uh, are trying to build a program and you got kids that maybe only got two seniors and you got a bunch of sophomores and you're trying to figure out where you really think this sophomore is going to play. Is he going to get enough minutes? And, you know, and then also every state is different. You know, I think we're under a lot of stress in the state of Wisconsin because we don't, we only really have time with our kids in the summer and it's limited. Um, You know, a lot of our, the other coaches out of states, they really understand what their kids are doing. A lot of these guys are just all basketball kids. Our guys are playing other sports and uh, and we only have, like, yeah, like I think a lot of other school, a lot, a lot of other states, you can like work out four or five kids at a time. You can't have necessarily a practice, but you can work them out during during the year. Yeah, like I, we're basically in a dead period during the school year. <laughs> it, it, it's really hard, you know. You just have open gyms, and that's basically it. And uh, you know, for us, you know, and it's also depending on the relationship that you have with your AD and your schedule of where things start. You know, a right. lot of coaches that probably have new jobs. This year, are getting an early game right away as their season starts, and you're wondering how to fill everything in, and you're stressed out. You got trials, and you want to get this over with because you want to get right to the gritty and get your team going and start building all those things. It's it's a very the first couple of days is very stressful um, right. as a coach. It really is, and so uh, and not only just how to run trials, just to, to to advice out there to all coaches that it is a stressful time, especially for those that are not veteran coaches and. You know, how, how do we make this all work so we can get everything in? And you know what? It, you, there's, there's no perfect blender. You no just got to make way. it work and you got to so, get, you got to get that. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. There's no, there's no, there's no perfect recipe. I think there's a, we'll, and we'll talk about what we, uh, we'll talk in a second about what we think would be important things to do during tryouts. I think that's important if you're going to have tryouts and you have to cut kids. Um, but you know, I think, uh, I think if you if you do have to have tryouts and you do have to cut kids, that if they if they if they have the heart enough to come and try out, that you have to talk to them. Um, you and I have talked about this before. That you know I'm not a big one on posting numbers or listing. Uh, you know, if if someone is wanting to try out for my program, I'm going to sit down and talk to them. I'm going <laughs> to uh, have a conversation about why they didn't make the team or they did make the team. I think that's an honest thing. I think as a coach, you have to be honest that the they may not agree with it, but I think it's it's fair to them that you know here's here's where you are, here's where I see you are, you know maybe you can't play for us this year, kind of thing. Um, but what what do you think is important as far as running tryouts? Well, I uh, I think conditioning is huge. I think you have to see where kids are if they're uh, you know are ready for the season. You know are, are they able to handle it? You know 
right. for, at the highest level, at the varsity level, you know, conditioning is huge. You can, you can kind of see where kids are and their conditioning level. And then I also think you got to watch them play. Anybody can do a ball handling drill and so forth. You've got to be able to see things wide open. Um, yeah. and, you're, you're going to know who your top players are from already in the summer and so forth. And it's making those individual decisions and, you know, those couple maybe key players or finalizing your roster that you really got to look at. So gearing, gearing what you're going to do with that to make those decisions are the big things. Yeah. And I think, um, I think something's really important too. It's like when you're saying you got to have them play, I'm not necessarily convinced it has to be five on five. Um, because I, I use the analogy this weekend. It's like I could be – you could put me on the Bucks. We might not win, but I, they can hide me, you know. Um, you know, if someone, someone posts me up, they can double. There's all sorts of things you can do on five-on-five, five and you can kind of hide. That's why I think in tryouts it's important to do one-on-one, two-on-two, and three-on-three, where they have to show their individual skills. They have to play together. If you play two-on-two two, or you've ever been to a Gus Macker turn, you're playing three, you can't hide. You know, there's, there's too much space. There's, you know, um, so in two on two, one on one obviously gives you one aspect of the game. And then two on two gives you a different aspect because, you know, one person's not going to beat two defenders kind of thing. So I think that's, I think pulling that into your tryout practice plan is extremely important. I think there's also just, you know, I think everybody is in, in concerned these days and how schools run and everything about making sure that you're doing it in the proper way so you don't have a lot of politics and, and issues right. as, as, a year, as a year goes on and doing it right, you know. And, you know, it, 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 it's such an overwhelming thing because you're, you're trying so hard to get that roster set up, but you're also trying to make sure that you're making the, the best effort to and give fair. every chance yeah. and be yeah. fair yeah um but but in the end you have a, a good sense of idea what your team is going to look like already so like another question i have as a bigger program is how do you divide up your uh your uh, tryouts and so forth especially for our listeners out there you know for like a high school like that i had there are signs where we would have the whole program be trying out together i don't see if that's the case from a bigger high school what does it look like for you compared to maybe a smaller high school like that I've coached at before? Yep. So, so yeah, we're a school of about 2000. So um, I usually have the freshman tryout with the freshman. Um, obviously if you're, if you're, if I know of you and, and, uh, and have seen you play, then I might move you to a different level at that point. Um, hey coach, I hope you're enjoying high school hoops. Go over and check out teachhoops.com, our sponsor or one of our sponsors for this podcast. Over and check them out. Fourteen day free trial right now. Um, I think you'll you'll love it. Videos, resources, community, other coaches. Um, it is my little baby. So go over and check out. And as a high school hoop list podcast listener, type in school and you'll get ten percent off a lifetime of your membership. So it seems like a great deal to me. Go over and check it out. Let's get back to high school hoops. Um, and the same thing goes with sophomores. Uh, you know, I might have a sophomore come try out with me. I've had what I've done before. I'm trying to think of my son's group. I might have had three or four of them come up, and then most of them I, I, they tried out for a day or so. And it's like, well, you guys aren't really ready, and here's why, and I want you to be able to play. So I move them back down um, and let them try out the sophomore level then. So I kind of stagger it um, in the sense that I want my team picked first, and then it kind of staggers to the JV or sophomore team, which is our next level, and then the freshman team. Um, so we have three levels. We basically have varsity, we have junior varsity, um, and then we have freshmen. So, you know, I want to get my, my roster is going to get set. Um, you know, obviously juniors and seniors would be, I don't normally play them down at the JV level. And then, you know, obviously the sophomores, if there's some freshmen you come up. So that's, I think you got to think of it in terms of a, a pyramid or, you know, I'm at the top of the pyramid or, you know, kind of building blocks. Um, so we want to obviously get the 15 best players on my team and then we figure out because we're not dealing with a number issue for the most part. Um, <laughs> you know, when I first started, I think there was no cut policy and we had four freshman teams. I think my first year, first couple of years, it was crazy. Um, but now we've, and, and that was something I said, we got to have a cut policy at the freshman level because it's just, you know, kids got to go do something else at some point. Um, and I think we're being more honest with them. If the 30th freshman, are they ever going to probably play varsity? Maybe, but the odds are probably 
not, not great at that point. So, um, so that's what I've tried to do as far as kind of, you know, and every year there's a, a handful of surprises like, Whoa, this kid's good enough to make money. You know, every year it not, nothing really surprises us very much anymore, but at, at tryouts, we're always kind of surprised like, Oh, there's a kid who he, there's a freshman that needs to move up and blah, blah, blah. So it's a little bit different than probably a smaller school where you're trying to just get, you know, maybe everybody together to kind of take a look. And, and right. I, and I work myself and I work myself down too. like, I'll leave my varsity guys at some point, go down and watch the JV practice or tryouts. And then I'll go down and try to watch the freshmen to make sure I'm not missing anything. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. We go twice. We go twice a day too. I'm not sure about you, but we go in the morning and then we go after school for a couple. Yeah, of days. we. I did. I do it for a couple of days. I realize that after that, I can only handle that for so long, and I think it gets really hard on the kids to go two days for too long. Yes. Um, yes. You know, I try to do it at least a day, maybe two days, but after that, it's like it's just they're not used to it. Their bodies are not set up to get up that early. It just doesn't work. You know. Right. Yeah, and and to be honest, early in my career, I do more two a days later in the year, and I don't even do that anymore because it just it beats them up so bad. They were trying to make them, um, you know, it's a marathon and it's not a sprint. But anything else with tryouts? I mean, I think I think that it really comes down to determining rosters, then because I think that uh, coaches get in those situations about younger players and how to make that decision of when a younger player is ready. You know, I, I don't know if there's a special a special formula. You know, is there a percentage of when you look at it? You know, and it's so hard too because how a kid you won't really know what that kid really looks like till he gets into an actual game because the scrimmage is a scrimmage and a practice is a practice till you real realize that that kid's going to be beneficial at, at, as a um uh, a freshman or a sophomore right and i think there's a couple things i think you got to think of it in terms of a teacher too it's like i don't really want to put a kid in calculus that's not good at pre-calc or right. i don't want to put a kid in algebra 2 that hasn't passed algebra 1 you know so it's really hard to sometimes um, you know, I always tell people err on the on the line of keeping them down and pulling them up later, um, rather than pulling them up and pushing them back down. Had to do both, done both consistently through my career. But I, you know, I try to err on the side of not pulling up if I can help it. Um, and you and you do to be honest with you, you make some mistakes along the way. But you got to kind of think of it. Excuse me, in terms of a educational thing, you got to think of it in terms of. You know, am I pushing this kid too fast? Am I trying to get this sixth grader to take algebra when they're not ready to take algebra in sixth grade kind of thing? Because um, um, I want them to be well, successful. So I think the last thing to understand, too, is just I've made mistakes, you know, in a small town. And we have probably a lot of listeners that have coached in a small community and so forth, of trying to make parents happy and so forth. And that, you know, you get this really good group of kids that are freshmen. We should keep them all together and they should play together and have more success. And the more that I look into that, I think you're hindering some of those elite players and their progress. Yep. You really got you got to look at, okay, where, like you talked about, about two or three minutes ago, you know, it's really about where that kid fits in their game, not where the, where this, this team, you know, and, and making is. people happy. And you, yep. you, I think you got, again, you got to be true to yourself and what is in the best interest of your program. And what's in the best interest of that kid too, right. to be honest with you, because you know, if my kid's smart enough to take calculus as a sixth grader, they should take calculus and they should go to the university of Wisconsin and whatever. I mean, I've told you, we, we run a talented and gifted program for high school kids. Now, there is an issue with can a sixth grader go take calculus at the university? There's a maturity level. Even if he's ready, maybe you don't do it. So there's a very fine line there that you got to kind of balance and read the kid. You got to re- really try to read the kid, in my opinion. Um, read the parents, read the kid, read the maturity level. 
Because sometimes it's not about the skill level. It's about can they handle being on a varsity roster? Can they handle the practices that are going to come with it? Can they handle those things that are going to happen every day? So that that's as big an issue sometimes, I think, too. Right. Um, it, you know, you, you get a lot of slack and you, you, you feel the pressure of numbers and, you know, you keep groups together to, you know, continue numbers to grow and so forth. And it becomes hard, but you also, I think you have to realize is, is, is in the best interest of the kid. I think you, you put a, a great point, but there is pressure that you're going to get when you're selecting rocker, rosters from previous youth coaches saying, oh, we need to keep this group together. They're going to be the, be, be the best group, and especially in the small town communities. And you just got to go with uh, what is your, your key players putting them in the right positions. Right. And not trying you're to make anybody else happy. If, they're ready, if they're ready, you're challenging them. If you're ready, you're challenging them. That's what you want to do. The way you get better at things is you're challenged. You make mistakes. You, 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 know, you have to fight through that. Um, and one point that we did not make is I think – there's no difference between tryouts and the first day of practice. You better have a plan. You better, you better know exactly what you're doing when you walk in that gym. You better have every minute of every second planned out, ready to go. Here's what we're going to do, blah, 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 blah. Um, mil- military precision when you're doing this. It shouldn't be any different than your normal practice as far as you know expectations and that kind of stuff, even if you're having to cut or not having to cut. Um, especially in the smaller towns, if you're not cutting – and you're, you may be quote unquote a tryout, but that you're, you're setting the precedent for every kid that's coming back. So, right. Yeah. All right. Sure. Per- good. Any other things? That sounds really good. No, just, no, I think, I think it's perfect. I think that we can, uh, young coaches out there taking on a high school job is, you know, just focus on looking at the real, the real ability in each player. As you make those decisions, don't worry about the group. Uh, and then, I think you'll you'll make the right choices as you move forward this season. Yeah, and it's funny because, I mean, it, it, we've talked about this in com so much. It's like the two big things is getting your kids to play hard. I'm telling you, it's parents, and it's getting your kids to buy in and play hard. And and this is a big one. Tryouts is a big one in that first category because you're dealing with parents. Um, so – uh, and, and, and at some point we will, we should probably talk about after cuts, but, um, we'll do that on a, on a different one. So, um, yeah, it sounds all right. All right. Good. All right. See you next week. Bye. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey coach. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, again, if you, if you love these, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better 14 day free trial. Also make sure that you subscribe and like, um, that really helps us in iTunes and, um, I'm hoping that people are, I, I've gotten great input so far on the high school hoops on Fridays, but if, if you have any input, anything you want us to talk about, you let us know and have a great weekend. Uh, hopefully stay warm, uh, get some of that, get some of that lawn work done before, before winter and the holidays come. So we'll talk on Monday. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you are listening to High School Hoops with our hosts, Steve Collins and Jake Steger. Hey, Coach. Happy Friday. Episode 212 of Coach Unplugged, and I think it's episode 7 of High School Hoops. Jake and I are going to be talking about practice planning, what to kind of get in before that first practice, um, things you should probably get in. Uh, But before we get to that, I'd like to do a shout-out to Dr. Dish. Uh, our sponsors for the rest of 2018. We really appreciate that. You know, it is a machine that is not only durable, but versatile, has technology, and it makes your life easier. That's that's the easy thing. And the balls don't get really caught anymore, like the you know the old machines 20 years ago. So it's a great thing. I love the way I love the way the ball comes out of the machine. It's so much better than some of the older machines. So go over and check them out. If you like it, make sure you mention. Um, Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $300 off your next purchase. So um, do that. Uh, also, go over and check out teachhoops.com. If you're looking to take your coaching to the next level, I can't imagine a better place or a better time of the year to go do that 14-day free trial. Come join our community and be a teachhooper. All right, let's get off to the podcast. I know Jake and I are always laughing and, and having a good time, and I'm hoping you're getting something out of these high school hoops. So here we go. Um, what to get in before that first practice. All right, here we go. Episode seven of High School Hoops. Jake and I are la- we're laughing because he just told me the topic, and I go, "Okay, well, it's, 
you know, I don't know if we're going to have enough time in the day to get this one done, but we'll give it a shot. And this has caused um, balding or le- gray hair. Uh, all right. So tell the topic for this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little afraid now, but uh, what the question of uh, the day on this Friday is what I should get in before the first game of the season. And, uh, you know, everybody thinks that they can get everything in before everything hits the road for the first game of the season. But I just I don't believe that that's totally true. No, and um, I think it's can't. what I think it goes back to either six or going back a couple episodes where I think you got to I think you got to map it out. You have to look at who you're playing, and you have to you have to you can't have seven out of bounds plays in for the first game. <laughs> you know you can't work on all your you know it's gonna suck if it comes down to the last thirty seconds and you haven't worked on situations. I get it. But that's what keeps me up at night. It's like, oh, crud, we haven't done this. Or, ooh, maybe they'll, you know, three years ago they ran a 1-3-1 against us. We got to, it's like, so you got you to gotta pick your battles. And I think you were making a point of this, too. You got to pick your battles. You got to get really good at some things early um, before that first game. Uh, you know, you got to obviously have an offense and a defense and a press break and out-of-balance play. Yeah. I mean, we can go through the list of the specific things you need, but, you got to get good at some specific things before that first game. You're not going to have everything in. Um, to be honest with you, you can probably outcoach people earlier in the year because people are everybody's in the same boat. Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to have to adjust on the fly. You know, maybe you're going to have to throw a zone at them, and they haven't done a zone yet. You know. Um, you might have to do it in a timeout, something like that. Um, so those are some of the adjustments I think you have to make um, before the first game. What's your thoughts? Um, one thing that I came up with as being an assistant coach last year, and I thought it was a great idea for us, is I always had a binder prepared for any situation that we were in. So um, I would I, those kind of things would keep you up at night. Whatever, if we ever saw a box and one, dime one, the things you might not see in practice right away. You know, I literally had it tabbed, you know, and as an assistant, whether it's halftime or out of a timeout, I always had things, if we needed it, to go to to, to, to talk about our use. Right. So I think that's one way if you want to, whether you have an assistant or, you know, or another coach, design some type of binder where you have that. I think it's really um really uh really important to uh have that I, I found that having those right away is a great tool for coaches especially early in the season uh, we haven't really touched a lot on one three one or we are right. our, our one three one offense is not working really good what, what let's use one of the quick hitters that we have in in our, in our playbook but we haven't even taught yet but let's try something you know let's see what we can do you right. know i think that's huge I'm going to, and this is just, I, I have no basis for this. So I'm interested in your theory on this. I think the defense is always farther along than the offense early in the season. I, I think it has to be. I think it has to be. Um, because if you, I've heard a lot of coaches speak, but a couple of years ago, uh, I heard a coach speak about them. A lot of the game is disadvantage, disadvantage. A lot of the game is up and down. You know, it isn't, it isn't, uh, it's so how, how you're able to defend is far more important than your offense because it is right. a lot of advantage, disadvantage most of the game. It is. And, 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 and I don't know, maybe this is just a Wisconsin phenomenon, but I don't think the kids shoot the ball as well in November as they do in March. No, I, I always told my players early in the season that it's not going to be a shot that's going to beat you early in the season. It's going to be a team that gets really – a team that maybe takes care of the basketball better than you do, a team right. that rebounds better than you do, that, uh, you know, our, the effort the, the just just plays harder, wants it more than yep. you do early in the season. It clearly comes down to early in the games. And then as the season progresses, you're going to have teams that make big shots and they are, are shooting the ball better and they're executing their, their quick hitters or their offense is really – they're able to, to read off it better. Those things are going to happen later in the season compared right. to what happens early in the season. Right, so. and, the, and people are going to get better. It's like they're going to scout you. They're going to adjust to you. They're going to do that kind of stuff. It's like the, the, those defensive little twists are what I think can cause – um, some issues early on. And, and again, this is purely observation. I just don't think kids, they haven't had the shots. They haven't had the reps. Now, maybe it's different for the kids that only play basketball. And if your program only plays basketball and they're shooting all year round, maybe they're coming in better. 
Um, I'm not sure they're going to – I'm not sure it's going to peak. Hey, Coach, I hope you're enjoying listening to High School Hoops, brought to you by the great people over at teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial right now. That will be going away sooner than later. Um, resources, videos, it's Netflix for basketball coaches with a real person on the other side to help you. So go over and check it out. Also, if you're listening to High School Hoops, we're making a special discount for the high school hoopers that are listening to this. Type in school in the discount code and get 10% off for the lifetime of your membership. Can't think of a better deal. All right, let's get back to high school hoops. Later in the season, but um, I know, at least in our area, I think kids shoot the ball better two months in because they're getting more shots up. Um, I think that's one thing, but also this the mental preparation. You know, yeah. you know, you know, your gym size of a big high school like that is way different than summer league basketball or playing right. at that big right. gym. It takes several games to get used to that environment, especially if you have a, a really young team. Or you, I don't care if you're the best player on your team; you're not going to shoot the ball like you did um, at late late of last season until you to get in the rhythm. It, it's it's a different thing, you know. It, but when it's a real game and the, it's the, the horns off, it's different than you're playing summer league at seven o'clock at night at some local high school. Right. With two baskets and a guy right. that stands at half court to officiate. Yes. It's exactly. It's way different. Yeah. I, I, a couple the, the things that I wrote. team isn't yelling at you, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Calling your names that they shouldn't do. It's bad port sportsmanship, but it happens. Um, but I think I, you got to make a list. Right. You really got to make a list. I made a list here. I think a press break is huge. You just never know when yep. that pressure is going to happen. You got to get the ball in. So having, I like having multiple defenses. I, I'm not a person that likes to just be one type of defense. Yep. I think that can be really used early in the season as a game changer because um, you're still, t you may know what teams are doing, but. If things aren't working out right, you have defense to fall back on and change the game up in the discourse of the game. Uh, the other thing I said, some type of press is always great, whether you need to get back into a game or to uh, you know change change the game. Uh, uh, maybe a few sets or some type of set to get a quick bucket, and then you got to have some type of series of blobs and slobs, but you're not going to get seven or eight of them. You might no. have a have a couple really good ones, and you're good at them yes. to, to start the yes. Don't Don't worry about the jump ball. No. no. <laughs> it's like that, 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 I'm, I'm mocking the jump ball, but it's true. It's like there's one jump ball. Like, okay, how many really side out-of-bounds plays do you need for the first game, you know, you don't, it's, you don't. it's like, um, I, I referee soccer and I always get in arguments with parents on throw-ins. I'm like, do you understand that after that throw-in, the ball is going to be in somebody else's hand in a matter of seconds. It's right. not going to make a huge difference. And right. so I think you got to look at your criteria is what are going to be the big difference makers early in the season for, right. for, for you in your early games. I agree. Yeah, I think that's the kicker is you look at your schedule, look at your opponents, come up with a list, and then map out the days, and then leave a cushion in those days. That's an old coach telling you, leave a cushion. Because you think you're going to get, I'm telling you, I, the last couple of years I've done my thing, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, but I've learned I need a cushion day or two. Like, okay, if this doesn't work here, I'm going to need another day to work. Either I'm going to need another day to work on it, or I'm going to need a day to put something else in because that didn't work. So, you know, if you're thinking, oh, I want to get that one, three, one in and I need two days, give yourself three days to get it in. And if you don't use that, trust me, it's early in the season. You will find something to fill that third day with. Um, so always build that in. Uh, it's a teaching tool that I use, but it's, I think it's really important to do, to do that too. All right. And Go ahead. I, I have two more points after okay. talking. Some, this is the great thing about the show is we start to figure out other things that we're talking about the topic. Right. Uh, no, number one is uh, when you're planning your practices, think about the why early in the season. So a lot of people are doing the ball handling, the rebounding drills, and so forth. You know, the why. You know, why are we doing the three-man weave? You know, you know, I think about that. Maybe <laughs> okay, were you in Atlanta this weekend? Because literally I talked about, like, the and don't get me wrong we'll run a three-man weave at practice at some point in the four months but you don't need that for the first game you don't need to just get them moving I, sometimes i use it as my warm-up just to get them moving but right. yes you don't need to do your two ball dribbling before the first game you can build that stuff in or you can have them come in in the morning i think that is a huge point that anyone that's listening is like again and this was what I, was, I talked about practice planning when I was down at the clinic. And it's like, 
you got to ask yourself, what, what, what are we about and why am I doing this at practice? Um, yeah, and you'll love this. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the video. But I, I talked about rebounding and how we run our rebounding. In every shooting drill, we have a rebounder. Well, the rebounder has to put the ball back in. Well, a coach asks, well, why do you do that? I go, well, first of all, he's just standing there. He's not doing anything. I want him to do something. Second of all, I want to teach offensive rebounding because I think offensive rebounding is really, 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 really important. Third, he's learning to read the ball off a missed shot, which is half of half of offensive rebounding is reading the ball. The other half is just wanting to go get it. Um, and then I, then I told them my theory is if they get an offensive rebound, they get to shoot it. And you tell any kid that they get to shoot, they'll go after an offensive board. So those are my whys. Why am I doing that? So you have to ask that even more condensed in the first week, I think, because you don't have the time. You know, <laughs> when you're playing one game a week or, you know, two games maybe in a week, you have some more time. You don't have time. You're under the crunch in that first week. So I think that's a really important thing that, that Jake just said about ask the yeah. why. Why are you doing that? And the okay. more and more as you get experience coaching, find ways not to always have to coach things in isolation be able to yeah. do multiple things at once yes you know, how can you accomplish footwork with two to three other skills whether it's rebounding or uh defensive positioning how can you so so often when we're coaching you know it, it becomes really easy to just focus on one thing when really right. you need will do multiple things your time is limited yes. and guess what in the game of basketball you can't just do that one thing at one time it's just not realistic for the for the kid Right. The last thing I would really think is important is conditioning. Always make time to make sure that you're conditioning your players. You know, maybe hopefully all your players will come in and be conditioned when they come in, but not. it's not always what's going to happen. But being conditioned can really give you an edge early in the season over other teams if you take the time to really condition your kids. Yep, I think those are both. The, okay, we're going to end with that. All right, I'll see you next week. That was really all right, good. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good, Coach. All right. Bye. Hey, Coach, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Make sure you go over, um, check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial. Um, you know, on the high school hoops thing, I have not talked about as much um, the free resources over at Teach Hoops on YouTube. So go over and check that out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, there's over 1,000 coaching videos there that you can that you can hopefully delve into and then if you're looking to take your coach in the next level go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better have a great weekend get out and rake those leaves sports social podcast network